0: Welcome to episode 5 of the Write Start podcast. Do you want to work from home or from the beach or in an RV while you live on the road? Maybe you want to work from home because you want to be there for your kids when they get out of school. If you've always dreamed of making a living out of writing but you don't know how to start your business, this is the podcast for you. I'm Lisa Iannucci and I've been a full time freelance writer for 30 years written hundreds of magazine and newspaper articles, and more than 20 books. I'm passing on my advice and my tips to you, and my guests are some of the best writers in the business. You're about to learn a lot. Let's get started. this week's episode of The Right Start, my guest is Jennifer Goforth-Gregory. Now, she doesn't know this, but I'm going to do a little fangirling about my guest, because the first time I ever met or actually saw Jennifer was at the annual conference for the American Society of Journalists and Authors, or ASJA. Jennifer is the author of The Freelance Content Marketing Writer, um, and she was presenting a session on just that. Now, at that point in my career, I had done some content marketing, but not a lot. So I actually became the student, took more notes at her session than anywhere else in the conference. Then I bought her book. Then I joined her Facebook group. She's probably going to think I'm stalking her. Uh, (laughs) And I've learned so much from her and her members. And it's okay to be even years into your career and still learning. I'm always saying I'm open to I can become better at this. So let me welcome the woman who makes me giddy because she also posts about Dachshunds. Jennifer Goforth, Gregory. Welcome to my podcast.
1: Oh, I have tears in my eyes. Thank you so, thank you so much. And yes, I, I listen to to um, being the content marketing writer. I, I'm a dachshund I have a uh, homeless dachshund sitting next to me right now. Um, and, and I want to add something that you just said. You, I'm always learning even though I wrote a book about how to do what I do, and I still make so many mistakes, and I still lose clients, and I still run into dry patches. It's part of being a freelancer.
0: You know, you're right, too, because, and and plus, the business always changes, so what we might have been doing, or what I might have been doing 20 years ago, is not the same today, so you have to adjust, and I mean, people were learning, I didn't know how to do, like, video and photography, Years ago, and now some, depending on where you work, some people ask for that from their writers. So it's it's amazing how much you can still learn and still grow. Um, so yeah, and and well, let's start with the easiest question, um, which might be on everybody's mind because content marketing is is relatively, I guess, a new term. Um, So tell people kind of what it is and how you actually got started in this.
1: I got started by accident. Um, isn't that always how the best stuff happens in life? <laughs> um, I was, I was a member. I am a freelance success, which is a group I highly recommend. And they had a ad for Contently, and Contently had just started at the time. I ended up getting on um, a project because I was a freelance writer for my um, regional newspaper here in Raleigh. The that, that editor, Contently, knew the editor here and put me on it. So it was luck and connections. Um, we got on American Express open forum project and and it, and it went from there um, content marketing so it is creating interesting and relevant content for a company to help them eventually attract new customers but also to build trust in customers. So, and I always use the airline magazine example because most writer, a lot of writers have written or at least read for airline magazines, and those are actually the classic example of content marketing. Um, they don't talk about the airline, most of them, but, they, but they're they interesting content that that builds loyalty and trust in the airline because they are, you know, um, enjoyed, enjoyed. By their target customer, travelers.
0: What's the difference then between, say, a content marketing piece and what I used to know is an advertorial?
1: Um, so, advertorial is company and product focused, and I will say that in a content marketing piece could go into a publication if the if the uh, if the. Logo wasn't on it. Um, The exception is usually there's a call to action at the end, like go to another post or blog or video, and that's that's fine. But if it's focused on solving a problem, educating, informing, then it's content. Um, And I will say that a lot of companies blur those lines all the time. So if it doesn't meet what I said, it's either bad content marketing or just plain marketing. Okay, so
0: now I'm sure that we have people out there who are like, well, I'm a journalist. I don't want to write for American Express. I don't want to write for, you know, the the local, I don't know, um, you know, bakery or something. I want to do these investigative pieces. But how do you approach them and say, you know, it still is journalism. It still is being a writer. It's just a different part of being a writer.
1: Well, it's not, I, I don't think it's journalism. I think it's different. But I think that a lot of the skills that you learn are very transferable. And there are a lot of things the same and some things that are different. Um, what I tell people is that you can use content as a way to help you have the time and money to do the pieces that feed your soul because you know, there's not always a ton of investigative... It's hard to make a living as an investigative freelance journalist or as a freelance journalist. Anyway, so I use those type of pieces, journalistic pieces, to feed my soul and content to pay my mortgage. So that's kind of how I differentiate it. So, what makes
0: it okay? So, you brought up money as being, you know, a a terrific, you know, uh, way to think about it because I am sure that it pays more than what a lot of magazines pay for just, you know, columns or short articles or things like that. What else makes it better or different than writing for magazines or some of these websites that are out there?
1: Um, Well, as far as making money, there's more opportunities, um, because every company out there in the whole entire world pretty much needs content, and there's a shrinking, if not limited, number of journalistic publications. When you write for a magazine or a website, you write in your own voice use your own writing style, but when you're writing for a company, you have to use their brand voice or their tone, and this is where a lot of journalists get tripped up, um, and they'll turn something into a content editor, and they'll go, I don't like it, that editor, and the journalist will, but I've been writing for 500 years, and i write for New York Times." And it doesn't mean you're not a fabulous writer, because I'm sure you are. It's that you have to get the tone or voice of the brand. Mm-hmm. And that comes with word choice. It comes with sentence structure. It comes with length of paragraph. It comes with um, formality level. It comes with punctuation, sentence structure. All of those things add to the tone. And if you get a piece back and someone says, I hate it, uh, hopefully nicer than that, the first thing to do is not that they hate it. It's, it's um, I'd say, it's ninety percent that you miss the tone. But the person that is reading it cannot, you know, verbalize that always. If that makes any sense, So you just know it's not what they will, they wanted.
0: So let's say somebody listening wants to jump in and, and try to to do some content writing. How do they start? Do they need to specialize in a particular area? And how would you suggest that they actually can find a, a job doing this? That's a loaded question, I know. Sorry. Oh, that's,
1: that's that's pretty. <laughs> I, I wrote an entire business. I know. So that's, that's, I, I would say look at my book or my blog. I can give the you know the thirty second if a little longer version, but that's. That's, there's a lot to that, and it's really a multiple-pronged approach, which is building relationships to get the referrals. It is doing outbound marketing, which is LOIs, LinkedIn, the press. and it is building an online presence so companies looking for your specific specialty can find you. So it's doing, as Leslie Lang, um, a dear friend of mine, said in a recent presentation, it's doing all the things. Yeah. <laughs> it's doing all the things. You can't just do one of the things. You do them all. And and that's what it is. Um, as far as niche versus generalization, um, start with, you can use your journalism clips to get content cl- content jobs, and most girls are totally fine with it, so I would start with your journalism clips to look for niches. The more... Geeky and unsexy it is, and more specialized the better. That means higher pay and less people looking for um, jobs in that area. So
0: you definitely suggest somebody create a specialty, or you know, look at what their specialty would be,
1: because there would be more
0: jobs in that particular area.
1: So you can be a generalist, and I know several successful generalist content marketing writers. Um, Jody Helmer is one of them. However, what what she does and what you what you have to do, in my opinion, is so. For example, Jody writes about a lot of different things, but when she's writing about agriculture, she presents herself to the potential client as an agriculture specialist. Mm-hmm. So you, you can have a lot of niches, but when talking to someone, present yourself with that experience first. Um, and I, I do that in my own career as well. Um Okay. For example, um, I write in a number of different tech niches. If I'm writing about cloud computing, then I'm for a cloud computing company. Then I'm going to present myself with my cloud computing clips with my companies. that have written about cloud computing, and I'm doing um, you know manufacturing technology. I'm going to write a different one. That's that's a really good idea
0: to have separate LOIs that cater to yeah. different. I love that idea.
1: And, and I think the, I'm pretty sure I, so in my book I have. So are different LOIs that are all me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's on my webpage, as, on my um, blog as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, looking back at your career, what would you say you wish you knew then that you know now?
1: That relationships with the writers are the... Crux of success, and that's just relationships with writers. The relationships, with it, just relationships. Um, I just got a brand new gig with a with a company in another department because I was referred by an editor that I've been working with, and I have let them know proactively that I was looking for additional work and to please refer me to any other projects in their agency. And I, when I'm looking, for, I refer work to other writers all the time. I have a very tight wonderful group of core writers shout out to my mastermind friends and that has been the crux of my career um stephanie boza um she has talked to me off a ledge many times we've referred each other to work referred each other work all the time um it's other it's relationship and the other thing so this is going to sound totally contradictory, but I think one of the, after you're a certain of writer, I think that your writing ability is really the least important factor in the determination of your success. Um, and now I'm talking about you need to be a good to great writer, but you don't need to be a great to fabulous, you know? What determines your success is your persistence and your ability to to create relationships that turn into work and support, in my opinion. Others are going to disagree, um, but I have been more successful than other people that I feel are better pure writers than me. And it's because I'm
0: stubborn (laughs) (laughs) Um, no I love that though I mean I I think that like you said not only developing relationships but being persistent doing like you said doing all the things and 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 just working hard at what you do you know the clients see that so there might yeah there might be a better writer who doesn't do all the things and who would want to deal with that
1: I think also Something that I I wish I'd known earlier is that you're more successful the pickier you are with the clients that you take. I say that one of the most important factors of success is also the clients that you turn down. When you take a client that's not a fit for you, you take up stress, you take up time, you use your emotional energy. And you really need to have an honest assessment with yourself about what you're good at. And only take clients that are fit for you personality-wise, strengths and weaknesses-wise, and and interest-wise. Um and some of the factors that I think writers need to look at when they're determining um, if they should take a client. We, so many writers just do it on, are they a high payer? Well, I mean, yeah, of course that's important, but I think there's a lot more to it. So some of the things that I think people need to be looking for is tone. So for a number of years, I realized I couldn't write in this snappy tone. I have since taught myself that I can do it. But after about two years, I had to turn down clients with that tone because I wasn't going to be able to make them happy. And tone is very important. Um, also, um, personality. Do you like the person? Do they are they a nice person? Do you not know, get along? It really matters. Mm-hmm. And because in content the way you make money, it's having clients for this for many years. The other thing that I think is important is communication method. Um, I hear a lot of writers get frustrated um, because they're playing with stuff on the phone or send emails all the time. And I don't like clients that won't talk on the phone to me. I cannot be successful in that type of client. I've learned. And other writers are the opposite. So that is really important. Um, for me, I communicate them whatever way the client wants. I have some that text me, some that email me, some that do I stop. I have some that, you know, call me. It's fine. But if it mattered to me, then that's something that I would, I would, um, I would bring up. Another thing that's super important is turnaround time. Um, I have found that I do best with clients that, so I'm not a detailed oriented person. I'm the type of weight. But I have other strengths. I'm fast. I can come up with things with given very little guidance. Um, I've made interviews. So I have learned to stick with those clients. But clients that are typically unorganized and have quick turnarounds loves me. And they're willing to overlook my typo occasionally because I do it quick because I give them something nobody else can.
0: Wow. That is a gold mine of information right there for Sorry, anybody listening. Fast. No, no, no. You that like I said, that is a gold mine of information um, for, for people who want to get started. And the interesting thing though is and and I'm going to ask you just like two more questions and I know you're a busy woman and I'm going to let you get back to work. But the first question and that is something I can't really like avoid is the fact that there are a lot of ads out there for content marketing writers and you've seen people talk about this and it's like, you know, you answer the ad and then it's, okay, we want you to write a thousand words on such and such for like, three, five, ten cents a word, and they call it content marketing writing, what would you suggest or advise to people um, you know, who are starting out, who are thinking, hey, any job is better than no job when it comes to listings like this?
1: That's a very good question. I think that the first thing is not to get discouraged by low-paying clients that are out there. If they are offering unprofessional rates, they're not your client. And that's okay. And if you're charging competitive rates, you're not going to be too expensive for 75% of the people out there. And that's okay. And you have to be okay with that. You know, somebody Mercedes isn't offended when someone comes in and says, they're too expensive because that's not their customer. And I think that we have to as writers view it that way. The second it's really not frustrating. They're just not our customers. I don't think the Mercedes people get frustrated. The second is I feel that ads are the least effective way to land high-paying work. Yes, occasionally you can get a good job. Yes, I have gotten them. Yes, they should be part of your marketing strategy, but not all of it. Um, and my real thumb for when I should apply for a job ad is if they appear to have competitive rates and if I think that my LOI which is a letter of introduction is going to stand out among four to 500 emails. If I have such unique experience that is going to stand out, for example I recently replied and got a a job for someone looking at a very specific Microsoft Azure experience writing about a very specific product, and they wanted that. So I applied, and I got it. And I got lots of emails because everyone wanted to write for them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it was a big company, but mine stood out. And so that's only for to ads if you think that there's something about your
0: experience that's going to make them go, yes. But you're not the type of person who's going to turn around and write for a company that's going to pay you three cents a word, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, no, um, so, and I'll be, I'm super honest about rates, um, I, I don't view it in, in cents per word, um, I think you need to know your hourly rate, and that's not the rate that you, the clients know, it's charging by a project, so, um, for example, I typically charge about $400 for a five, six hundred word, blog post with no interviews, um, I also get, you know, about 900 for 1,000 word posts with one interview. And so the higher one takes me about three to four hours, so I'm making... 200 to 50 an hour. Um, that's the way you want to view it. Um, and the reason I think that you shouldn't view it like per word is because in content marketing, it's very pop because a lot of people use the dollar per word as professional rate benchmark, and I don't think that applies in content because, for example, um, a $400 I mean, for a 600 word blog post. Isn't, isn't, doesn't meet that, but if I can do it in, in two hours or an hour and a half, then I make, I'm bad at math, but $250, $300 an hour, and mm-hmm. nobody's going to stop at that.
0: Right, right, very true, very true, and a great way to look at all of that. Now, before I let you go, um, as I just said, you're a very busy woman, and on the business side of your life, I mean, how do you manage everything? <laughs> <laughs> laughing at that part but how do you manage you write blog posts, you write this Facebook group, content marketing plus you have kids and you have dachshunds and, and all this stuff What what's your strategy uh, what would you like to give out as tips well <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean one of my strengths is not Managing my business in a very organized manner. I know that people have spreadsheets and all of that, and and that's not me. I have a to-do list that I've... The word dark is a to-do list that I've been adding and deleting to since 2008, the same file, and I use FreshBooks for invoicing. I'm not one to give advice on managing your business part of that. (laughs) I can give a part on how... on on kind of how to get everything done, Mm -hmm. which is make sure that most of what you're doing inspires you and gets you excited. Even in boring topics, there's things in there that you're going to enjoy. So find work that pays well, but you also don't hate um, and figure out a balance that works for you. And also be, be sure to take advantage of the flexibility. I'm doing this interview from my car in a vet parking lot with a homeless 12-year-old dachshund. Next to me. Um, I mean, I took time out to go do my rescue stuff and today's a slow day. So I'm going to go take a hike this afternoon. Use the flexibility when you have
0: it. Wonderful. Um, and, oh, uh, dachshunds. Uh, I get so <laughs> jealous. So where can my listeners find you? I know that we talked a lot about, you know, the different um, yep. Facebook and all that stuff. What What would you like to tell them about where they can find you? Uh,
1: my blog uh, um, is JenniferGregoryWriter.com. That's a blog and then my freelance, it's a freelance content marketing Facebook group and do be aware that I only accept people every couple weeks so you may hang out in limbo for a little bit That's, those are ways that I try to manage my life if I do that everyday I'm always accepting people so I just do it every two weeks I do what I can I do the best that I can with what I've got and those are the places to find me
0: and you do a wonderful job, and I am absolutely stoked that you came on this podcast. Oh, and thank you, Jennifer. Thank you it's, so much for your time.
1: It's you made my day. Thank you so much,
0: Lisa. Jennifer, thank you so much for the interview, and thank you all for listening. Please follow the Right Start Podcast on Instagram at the Right Start Podcast or on Twitter at Right Start Pod. I'm going to start an email newsletter soon. It'll have a lot more content, so expect to hear more about that. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please share it. Leave me a rating or a review wherever you listen. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. Right on!